start get started. The fridge arrives and Snapdragon has a new chip. Happy Saturday, friends. Typically this would go live on a Friday, but I was waiting and by the time this airs, you'll either know if it did or didn't based on how much it blew up on my Twitter feeds for my Xbox mini fridge to arrive. There should be one coming to my house and I was going to do a video on it on Friday, uh, but here we are recording the podcast for Saturday because bada big bada boom it's Saturday hopefully your Saturday is wonderful I had a good week hopefully you did too we are steamrolling towards the holidays and there was a couple big items on the agenda this week so let's dive in first up edge edge is kind of like floating all over the place on one hand i really like it on the other hand i really don't like what they're doing with the buy now pay later stuff and so edge is back in the headlines doing something right kind of quietly Raphael, a friend of the channel if you will and just a friend my friend in life uh uncovered in the latest build of windows 11 they do make it easier to make or to switch i should say default browsers microsoft made that pretty difficult and what is currently shipping right now, and they're kind of backtracking a little bit. So if you do complain, it is at least heard in some capacity or one way or another. Now, they are also throwing some monkey business. If you go to the Chrome page, they will throw up a little banner that kind of entices you to stay with Edge. Uh, but that's I think that's a little bit more relevant than making it really hard to switch things in the actual OS that they own because Chrome does it too. Anyway, so Edge is still floating around out there. Um, it's still a great browser. I hope Microsoft just doesn't really ruin it uh, over the long haul. Now, also announced this week, which is pretty big news, but I'm really on the fence about it. So Snapdragon, or Qualcomm, announced the 8CX Gen 3 for PCs. All right, so here's kind of my take on Windows on ARM. I am generally optimistic about it. The problem is, is that we've been thinking it's been going to become a thing since roughly 2012. And every time it always feels like, ah, it's the next thing. This is going to be the chip. This is going to be the time. It's going to be Qualcomm this time, not Nvidia. And we're going to get there. And the next chip is going to be the one that's really going to take this mainstream. And so when they announced the 8CX Gen 3, a mouthful with increased performance and everything else, that's all that runs through my head is it always feels like the next thing because Qualcomm made a strategic acquisition in this space. And that technology is not included in this chip. So again, we're looking to see if in a year from now, that included technology from their acquisition is actually going to truly boost the performance to a level that is quite on par with what Intel has done. Because keep in mind, Intel has really hit it out of the park with their Alder Lake stuff. They deserve some credit for that. It took them a long time to get it out the door, but it's good. And it is very good. So when you're looking at the options of buying, let's just say, a thin and light device. Now, when Alder Lake ships in laptops, what we all assume will be early next year after they announce a bunch of stuff, probably at CES, something like that. Why would you choose an ARM chip over an Alder Lake chip? You're not getting any, there's no, realistically, there's no different features that are available on an ARM device. You might argue 5G, but okay, if that's your absolute requirement, there's also other ways to get 5Gs even on a device that does not natively have it. You can just tether it from your phone, but I know that's not always the best way. So really, I would love to know from everyone out there who's like dying to get an ARM device, why? Because we've been waiting since 2012 for this to really materialize. We look at what Apple is doing, and granted, what Apple is doing is incredibly impressive. Can Qualcomm get there? We don't know. Is this chip going to be comparable to what Apple is doing? I think most of us will reasonably agree it's probably not. At least we don't have all the benchmark yet. And I can almost guarantee that if it was even realistically close, they probably would have released benchmarks. But we're not there yet. And it's harder for Qualcomm because, again, they don't own the entire stack. They don't own the OS. They don't own the entire proprietary stack like Apple does. So there's some trade-offs that have to happen. They're also dependent on Microsoft to make Windows on ARM really well and run performantly on performantly is that even a thing uh on these types of devices so 
I, I'm trying not to get my hopes up too high because I'd rather be modestly impressed rather than drastically disappointed like I have in previous years. But we'll see what happens with the 8CX Gen 3 coming for Windows on ARM devices next year. Now, keep in mind, I believe it's MediaTek is the name of the company. It's also promising eventually Windows on ARM uh, chips. So we'll see if maybe having a little bit better competition in this arena will help Qualcomm or just the industry move forward with Windows on ARM. Now, there's also a new Teams Essential Bundles, and I candidly, there's, I don't know who is this is for other than regulatory uh, reasonings. Now, what this is, is because I believe prior to this, there was no easy way or any way potentially to get Teams as a standalone product. It was always bundled which may, it doesn't always sit well with regulators. So Microsoft introduced a Teams Essential bundle that is only Teams. And it's a standalone version, and it costs $4 per month, and you get uh, meetings up to 30 hours, can host up to 300 people, you get 10 gigs of storage. Nobody should buy this, realistically. Because for $1 more per month, you get everything in there for with the Microsoft 365 Business Basic. Plus, uh, you get recordings, breakout, calendar integration, single sign-on support, and one terabyte of storage. So, it's not a good value. Like, it's, like the $4 thing is not a good value. It's It honestly just feels like it's there explicitly for potentially regulatory reasons, or I'm not quite sure. Uh, the visual revamp for Office, which is effectively makes all the buttons rounded and match uh, Windows 11, is rolling out now. So, if you don't have it yet you should be having it soon and also and there's a caveat to this microsoft starts testing windows 11 start menu improvements uh they now allow you to have more pinned applications and more pinned uh documents or recommendations shown so um the caveat here is i work for the company that makes start 11 i lead the team that makes start 11 and so we fully expected microsoft was going to improve the start menu that's not why we released start 11 we released start 11 because it's a fantastic tool that, that allows you to customize everything about the menu um, but we fully expect microsoft will add features over time and so these are the features that are starting to trickle in and but we the other weird thing about this right now is we don't know when this is going to ship to everybody microsoft has said that they're only doing one major windows update per year and it sounds like they're doing that, but this feature in itself, when is it going to arrive? Are they going to ship it prior to the year update and then maybe do like a roll-up thing and in a year from now that includes all these features for some people? I'm not quite sure. We don't quite have a clear vision yet from Microsoft. All they've said is one update per year, but they've also indicated that they can also ship things in between that. We've already seen them do it with Windows 10, but we don't know what's going to happen with Windows 11. So that is more realistically what I'm watching for is when are these things going to start shipping and is Microsoft going to do them prior to releasing next year which then kind of raises the question of what is the update next year if the annual updates are just rolls up roll up of features that have shipped all year long then that's much less exciting than saying like here's a big chunk of features every year uh sort of what apple does because apple Apple does ship updates sometimes, especially in iOS with feature packs uh, during the year. But typically they save, um, especially on the Mac OS side, like a big chunk of those features for, for the big annual update. So we will see. We will see what happens there. On to the gaming news. There's a couple things out earlier this week. Clarity mode with Edge. So we talked about Edge at the top of this podcast. It's also coming into the gaming section. Microsoft introduced Clarity mode for game streaming on Xbox or Xbox Cloud Gaming. If you're using the Edge browser, you can. There's little three dots on the top left. You have to be an Edge canary, by the way. You click Clarity mode, and it kind of just feels like they jack up the contrast, but that's not quite fair because it does look like it's doing more than that. It's not quite, but that's sort of the simulation, especially if you're listening to the audio. What this looks like. I did a preview uh, of what it looks like on this channel so you can scroll back and look at one of those videos to get a better idea but know that it makes textures look more fine-grained if you will and gives them a little bit more detail and or clarity so 
Microsoft also announced or announced published some data about touch controls. Moving on to more XCloud information, they said 20% of Xbox Cloud Gaming players play with touch controls exclusively. Let me say that again because I fubbed that up, flubbed that up. Uh, 20% of Xbox Cloud Gaming players play with touch controls exclusively. I find that honestly impressive. Now, we don't know how many people are actually playing Xbox Cloud Gaming, but what they're saying is that 20% of whatever that end value is, is playing only with touch controls. That is higher than I would have expected. And so what they're saying is that on average, the Xbox Cloud Gaming teaming team sees twice the level of engagement in games that implement touch controls. So what they're trying to do here is entice developers who have games on xCloud to make sure you put in the touch controls. So that will help get more people playing your game. More engagement is a key quality metric for Microsoft in Xbox Game Pass and Cloud Gaming. And so you want to boost that and by, you can do that easily, quote unquote, easily with touch controls. So uh, one other thing I definitely want to highlight here, and now I am not a part of this project officially, although I might be contributing a little bit, that's still details out there, but my friends over at Xbox Era, and there will be a link down in the description, have created a book uh, celebrating 20 years of the original Xbox. We don't get a lot of like fan created things in the world of Xbox, and the community has been extremely helpful in my career, in my YouTube journey, and so this is me just trying to give back to these folks who are doing an amazing job you can go on over to that kickstarter definitely take a look i have personally backed it and so i will be paying money for this thing they're not there's no promotion here i'm doing this out of my own goodwill because i think it's a pretty awesome project so check out the links in the description for something like that to go check out if you're an xbox fan i think it's something you're definitely going to want to help support and again it's a book so i i tend to get real weary about promoting uh, kickstarter things because you'll see some like grandiose thing and then like it never ships this is a book and if you can't ship a book, then I, I you know, everything's a lie. I don't, I don't know. The cake is a lie at the end of the day. So uh, go check that out. Definitely worth, um, you know, just giving yourself uh, a couple seconds to look at it, see if it's worth supporting, you know, personally. So uh, on to the questions of the week. JNBCK says, good Friday morning, Brad. Well, it would be a good Friday morning if I would have done this on time. Uh, but good Saturday morning to you. It says, do you have a preference on a note-taking app? Yes, I do. So I have moved on from OneNote. It just wasn't quite doing the thing. I am now using Notion quite a bit. Now, Notion, there's a free version. You don't have to pay anything to try it out. The great, the, the best way I can describe Notion, it's sort of like Access, Microsoft Access. So if you love to play DB Administrator, but you don't want to have to do with all the crap that comes with being a DB Administrator, Notion is great because you can link things and there's interconnected things and you can create databases and, and, and do all sorts of fun stuff. And so I personally just use it as a really, really, really robust note-taking app uh, for my professional career and I keep things extremely organized and has been super helpful. I say that with the major caveat of that I'm highly interested in seeing what, what Microsoft does with Loop because one of the primary like shortcomings of Notion right now is its integration with Office 365 isn't great for very obvious reasons that Microsoft is probably not wanting that to happen uh, because they want you to use Loop. So um, you can give it a try. It's You can try it for free. There is a paid version. Uh, you said, I keep hearing good things about Obsidian. I have also heard good things about Obsidian Notes as well. I have not personally tried it, but I think it might be one of those. If I wasn't going to be using Notion, Obsidian might be where I would be headed next um, because 
much like yourself, I did actually like OneNote, but the problem with me is that OneNote just kept growing and getting bloated, and then more more frustratingly is that they lost a vision of a roadmap. They had the OneNote and then OneNote for Windows 10, and then like you, you just felt that there was just like this jumbled mess of like, what is going on with OneNote? And it, it wasn't, I didn't have a lot of confidence that the app I was using was gonna stay the same app I was gonna be using. And so when it came time to switch careers to moving over to Stardock, I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to give Notion a shot, and so far I've been pretty happy uh, on that side. Uh, QNOC says, uh, Microsoft had the, has the 18-6 uh, rule for contractors for quite some time now. This has affected the Xbox Game Studios development as well because games take multiple years to make, and this rule has resulted in contractor turnover and new contractors having to finish up the previous contractor's work, which has led to development problems like Halo Infinite. Do you think this policy will be loosened or ever changed? So, no. Um, let me explain why I don't think this, because I don't know if this, so there are companies here, Procter and Gamble here in Cincinnati has a similar rule. The challenge becomes, and it's not necessarily that Microsoft doesn't want to keep them on as contractors, but there's, there's regulations and rules by the IRS that says if an employee is working full time at your organization for X amount of time, they're realistically a full time employee and you're required to offer them benefits and treat them like a an actual employee. So Microsoft and other companies implement a policy that says contractors can only operate within this time window. And so they do that to avoid the liability of the IRS coming in and saying that person is not a contractor. You have to treat them like an FTE and give them their benefits or whatever else they're entitled to the taxation and everything that comes along with that. So. I don't personally see Microsoft relaxing that rule. The reality is, is that if there's a contractor who is so good that Microsoft can't operate a game title or whatever, they should be required to offer them full-time employment. Typically, that's challenging because the contracting company would be like, yeah, you can take our employee, but you got to pay us uh, like 2x multiple of their salary or something like that. And so I don't, I don't personally think it's going to change um, without a lot of fight. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to be minor exceptions because of things going on in the world um, that never seem to be ending, but there we go. Uh, Sydney2K says, Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving or for last week, Brad. Well, thank you and same to you. It's just now over a year since the introduction of the series console. And although its service life won't end for another few years or probably many years, uh, we might have good insight of how well the Xbox strategy is going right now. How would you rate the success or otherwise of the new consoles and what do you think will happen over the next 12 months? That's a fantastic question. It has been now a year and I think some of the proof is in the lack of pudding that's available on the table. Right now, now this isn't unique to Microsoft, all of their high-end consoles are gone. You can't, you, you still cannot get an Xbox Series X. So that is one indicator that things are going exceptionally well. Now, on the other side, we have the Xbox Series S, which was the best-selling console on Black Friday, according to Adobe's data. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it would have been the best-selling console if everything would have been available, but Microsoft was able to get a bunch of these things on store shelves, and they did sell. Now, that could just be because there was a lack of Switch and lack of PlayStation 5s. So moving on, the real ultimate indicator of success is what Microsoft tells us to judge them on, which is the Xbox Cloud or Xbox Game Pass, I should say. And Microsoft hasn't released numbers. I will be highly disappointed if we don't get a number after Q4, especially with Halo Infinite, uh, Forza Horizon 5, and some other titles that have launched uh, in the second half of this year should be really boosting those numbers. That is the ultimate successor success 
for Xbox. On a console side, I think they've done pretty well. Knock on wood, they haven't had any red ring of death, if you will. And so they've done a good job marketing. Um, they've got some good memes. They got Cabby Lane, I think is how you pronounce his name, doing memes for Xbox Series S. And their marketing is hitting pretty well. And they are launching really, really good titles. I'll be curious to see how Halo Infinite actually arrives. Age of Empires 4 also hit too. And so their Xbox Game Studios is pushing out really good content right now. And it honestly feels like Microsoft is firing on all cylinders. The thing that's missing is that number that it explicitly says yes they are with game pass being uh going up now phil spencer has said time and time again it's sustainable but sustainable doesn't mean it's profitable sustainable could mean that they see a path to profitability we don't know microsoft doesn't give us enough data and that's all that and then he goes on to say also i heard you're contributing to a book on the original xbox i look forward to reading it yes um it I, we've talked i've talked briefly with them it'll be a minor contribution much like many other journalists um but yeah i, I think people should honestly just go check Check that out. Uh, ooh. Uh, Akubit says, a few weeks ago that you mentioned you had started using Notion. Could you give a brief summary of how you were using it and maybe give a few examples? Okay, here's how I use it. First off, think of it sort of like as a OneNote interface. You have a blank page, a blank canvas on the right, and then on the left you have like a guide rail. Um, and so I have uh, pages of stuff. So one thing I have is meetings is a tab. And then underneath it, I have all the people I have meetings with. I have software meetings, which is a high level one. And that's just where I keep notes and keep pages. That is like a very standard, uh, practice. Now, one of the other things you can do is build like, uh, to do lists or tracking items is one of the things that I do is I personally keep a list of all the features that are going to be coming to products like start 11 or groupie and things like that in a database. I have one massive database of, uh, feature and a pipeline and then underneath each product i have it filtered based on what product it is so like on the groupie tab i have groupie just items and so it allows you to create linked databases you can also embed stuff it's a really robust application and I, I don't like saying it. it's kind of like Microsoft Access, but it's kind of like Microsoft Access, but a much prettier front end and much easier to use. I recommend everybody try it. I mean, you can try it for free and you can try it forever for free as long as you don't upload a whole bunch of stuff and need a bunch of data syncing. Um, but so far, I haven't had to pay yet. I mean, and I use it daily. So just kind of keep that in mind. Uh, Confused Geek says, what's the difference between the Microsoft Start app and the Microsoft Bing Search apps? Not a lot. Uh, they all pull from the same back end, and that's just kind of what you need to know about that. I'm um, not a big fan of Microsoft Start. I, it wasn't a great name. And then Mr. PKI finishing it out with a burning question about why I broke something. Uh, it says, why can we not get the podcast for First Ring Daily on iTunes anymore? That's because one of our links broke. That should now be resolved. It seems harder to achieve a level of progression than Halo Infinite. Uh, yes, Halo Infinite Battle Pass is something that is being reworked Fortunately, the best thing about Halo Infinite is that the game mechanics are solid. I enjoy playing the game. The problem is, is you get 25 kills and you go and stand up and you're number one and you stand up on your pedestal and then it's just like a balloon deflating noise because there's just not... It's just, it's the battle pass progression is anemic. I don't like the microtransactions, but the gameplay is fantastic. And so hopefully we'll get some more playlists. I love just a Slayer playlist. That would be what I really, really want. So... There you go, guys. That is your Saturday podcast here on the Sam's Report. I hope that you had a wonderful weekend. As always, very much appreciate the questions, and we'll catch all of you right back here next time.